Evolutionary.org presents Evolutionary Hardcore Podcast with your co-hosts, Steve from the American Underground and Mobster from the UK Iron Den. Get ready for the most hardcore and underground info in the industry. And here we go. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6... Morning, everyone. Evolutionary.org hardcore podcast coming your way. This is episode 140. Callum Von Moger. Steve Smee here, and the mobs are joining me from across the pond. How you doing, man? I'm good, but Callum's going to get some hate today. Hate. So, yeah, we're going to do Callum Von Moger in this one. And Callum Von Moger, he was regarded by many as the second Arnold Schwarzenegger because of his accent he's from australia <laughs> but arnold was from austria but a lot of people don't understand that they think that austria and australia <laughs> are the same country I, i've been called i've been called an aussie are you from australia no from london shut up you idiots yeah i don't get <laughs> it yeah it's 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 weird so they share That's a lot it. of similarities they have a faint you know one of those accents uh mm. weird accents to an american i don't know if it's weird for you mobster i don't know if i talk weird for you do i talk weird Yes. <laughs> uh, really? But you, you talk yeah. to me and I talk weird to you. So it's it's kind of weird. I've been told I talk too fast, too much, and with an accent. So I'm I'm on the free for free for free who I'm, I'm winning all this time. In this case, they have a similar physique, they have an old school mentality. Mm. At least that's what Caleb wants to preach, although I don't know about that one. We'll kind of debate that one. Caleb yeah. seems to be into more of that 70s look. He's not looking to be, you know, Mr. Olympia, 300 pounds. And mm. he's kind of a slapstick meathead with his personality. So, and, you know, Monster and I were kind of debating on the pre-show about Arnold back in the 70s and in the 80s when he started doing movies, he would play some aw shucks, dumb meathead roles. But in reality, yeah. Arnold's a really intelligent guy. So we were kind of talking Very about driven. maybe this is an act by Calum. That's how he kind mm -hmm. of gets a lot of traction on social media, or if he really is a smart guy, but just trying to play someone like Arnold was. I mean, Arnold's an intelligent guy. You can see him, you know, talking to interviews and stuff. He knows what he's doing. So he's yes. it's kind of That's just an image that Arnold used to kind of make it into some of these movies where they needed a dumb meathead to play these roles, just a, a crazy meathead. So, but, you know, nevertheless, you know, Calum, he's grown his social media. It's incredible. He's got over 3.2 million followers, which is unbelievable. Like that's, that's crazy for a guy who's not, like an American to have that many followers, you have to be really, really proficient at what you're doing. So basically his, he's talked about more of a Steve Reeves kind of look and he's wanted more quality over quantity. So he's been going for that aesthetic with perfect symmetry proportion look and 
I, I mean, looking through his Instagram, he posts pictures of himself. I don't see a, a guy, you know, with that HGH gut, like we see a lot in bodybuilding. I don't see a guy who's like some of these other guys we've talked to the last few uh, episodes. You look at their Instagram page. They don't even have pictures of themselves with no shirt on. It's all them sitting in front of a camera with their fat heads in front of the, the you know, taking a picture and they post memes and stuff. So I got to give it to this guy. At least he posts pictures of what, you know, his body and he looks really ridiculous. Like it's incredible. So his stats before being a monster, it's listed at six foot two, uh, 255 pounds, 20 plus inch arms and a 50 inch chest. So he's an absolute beast. Um, and he's very aesthetic. It's not just 255 pounds of crap. It's, it's very aesthetic and very low body fat. So mobster, I'll bring you in on this one. What are your thoughts on the whole Arnold Calum, uh, comparison yeah i mean in terms of his physicality 100 percent, that's his stick really for me in the way that he looks the way he is physically 100 percent agree that the the, the 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 what's made him famous is his aesthetic what's made him famous is his resemblance to arnold the, the in the article uh, that we'll link to there's a photograph where it's an identical pose much like we've seen some of the photographs uh, and and the small video clips more recently of uh, uh, Patrick Schwarzenegger, Arnold Schwarzenegger's son, doing certain poses in the gym, and we're all doing those great comparisons. Is he like his dad? Does he have his dad's genetics? Here's, here's Caleb standing a certain way, being photographed a certain way, and looking like Arnold. 100%. The issue for me, which we discussed in the pre-show, Steve knows, of course, is I just don't like this guy. It comes across as an idiot for me. It's like... It almost typifies the, the social media generation. Oh, here's me recording myself with a camera. Oh, there's me goofing around with a camera. Oh, man, make an effort. Come across like a, a professional. We do these podcasts and we know that we've got to feel the time that we're on air, that we can't have too much cold air time, that we that we have to have done some background research, that we do a pre-show so we can know where we're going to go in the direction of the podcast. Yeah, Caleb's got things of him filming himself getting up in the morning and scratching his ass and pretending to be asleep and then getting up and putting that the fact that there's a sun in the sky. You know, this stuff out. Think about what you're going to say, fella. Don't just kind of record random stuff. Maybe that's what other people are doing, but they're not famous. They're not taking money off you. Put an effort in. I don't. You don't have to jump out of bed and pretend the whole world's perfect, but. Man, I don't need to see you scratching your backside when you get out of bed in the morning and yawning for 10 minutes. So I've got better things to do, even if it is just researching you for this podcast. Come on. So there's a there's there's a semblance of that for me. I mean, the other thing, especially in terms of the social media, which I want to touch on more detail later on, Steve, in terms of the actual the specific issues, but he's done some really stupid stuff for the views for the likes on specifically YouTube and again later on Instagram with video reels, etc. That really was just absolutely risking the kind of injuries that he's ended up having. And 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 it was uh, there are a bunch of people that have fallen off of tall buildings and uh, cliffs and stuff like that trying to get the perfect Instagram photograph. And so they and people have died for a perfect picture. Here's a guy that has injured himself doing kind of stupid stuff. And, and one stands out in my mind. 
So there is a famous photograph done some years ago for Flex magazine when it was still in print, and I believe it's Kevin Levrone and Gunther Schleerkamp. It was two professional bodybuilders, and they appear to be curling together a 405-pound barbell. Now, it's almost certainly fake weights done with Chris Lund, uh, and if it's not those two, it's two other fellas, but regardless, it's two professional bodybuilders curling this enormous weight, and it makes for a fantastic picture. It's four plates on the end of the bar. Kalim decided to do something like this a few years ago with another uh, uh, athlete at Gold's Gym, and it was a real 405 pounds, not the fake stuff, and lo and behold, he gets an injury. And this is one of several incidences where he's kind of done crazy stuff where he's either got injured to the point of uh, muscle tears, bicep tear, quad tear, I believe, other injuries, or risked a really stupid injury, doing stupid stuff for the views, for the likes. Now, maybe it's a young man being foolish and who hasn't been young and foolish, or maybe some guy that thinks they really need to do out there stuff for social media. And there's a couple of problems with this. One is a stupid injury that you end up getting. That's, that, that's just like, why did you do it for the likes? And now you've got to go get your muscle reattached. And the second one, of course, is you are, as they love to call themselves, an influencer. So you've got 3.2 million fans. If 1% of 1% do the same stupid stuff as you, that's an awful lot of young fellas that are potentially risking doing stupid stuff like you did and getting injured for the likes, for the views, for the thumbs up. I mean, that is just like, really, guys? Caleb at least is getting some money out of this. Caleb at least is making a living. You guys are getting nothing because you copied your hero. It's like if I'm a fan of Arnold and Arnold decided to hit himself on the head with a hammer, no, I'm not that much of a fan. I'm not going to do stupid stuff. But there's a lot of people doing stupid things because they'll get likes on social media. And that to me is kind of like, I'm an older guy. That's, I'll just say it, it's moronic. Why? Why? <laughs> most of these things are done sober, not drunk, not high, sober for the likes. It doesn't make any sense to me, Steve. And this is one of several injuries that he's had. So yeah, there, there's that whole aspect. But the physical stuff, hundred percent agree. In terms of his physique, his aesthetic, the way that he trains, yeah. Maybe he thinks he needs something else. Maybe he thinks that's not enough, and maybe that's the reason why he's done this stuff. Or maybe it's just as I said, young, young and foolish. You know, right there, I'm at with my buddies. Let's do some crazy stuff and let's film it. I don't know. I don't know. What's your, what's your thoughts on this? Is it? Is, where do you come in terms of the injuries and the stuff that he's done, Steve? What do you think? I think it's just, you know, that's how it is, man, with social media. It doesn't piss me off as much. What pisses me off most about guys is when I see guys who are kind of using their social media presence to screw people in terms of, you know, selling these horrible supplements and claiming they're the best thing ever Crazy and, cycles. and using their, and, and selling them these $500 training packages, which is our copy paste. Yep. And, you know, that's, that's, that's what that's to me, that's false advertising and it's blatant false advertising. And it's something that we as young men, you know, mobster back when you were in your yeah. early twenties, yeah. I was in my early twenties. We fell for yeah, stuff yeah. like sure. this, but it doesn't have to ne necessarily be in fitness. It could be oh, yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. It could be, you know, uh, in, in an investment. It could be uh, signing up for a credit card and, and having them yeah. screw you. And, you know, all kinds of stuff. And 
people purposely targeting the younger people for that reason. With this guy, I, I find it interesting that if you link through his Instagram page, all he has is a clothing line. That's it. So I find that interesting that he's not pushing a bunch of supplements and pushing a diet program if you go to his website. So I'm curious how he's making money. Yeah, I mean, that's his point. Yeah, that's, that's kind, kind of, of a point of mine. One of the most recent videos I watched as background research for the show is he, he's came back off an injury. The whole COVID thing, of course, has kept him out of the gym, same as everybody else. So he's doing this little bit of spiel where he's at the back of a car and they're getting ready to go to the gym with a buddy and the buddy's filming and he's taking his clothing out. And here's what this kind of slightly frustrating for me. If if I had a, if you or I were doing exactly what he was doing, we would probably have a five minute conversation before the cameras rolled about hey how we how are we going to introduce this shirt how are we going to introduce these these training buttons, and, and it's for for me it was slightly frustrating just from that kind of maybe it's an Australian extra days ago we don't give a shit kind of thing which. Lee Priest does and all that. We're not that fussed with that sort of stuff. So maybe that's what it is. He's taking his stuff out the back of the car and it's like, oh, I think this is a vest. I think these 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 might be coming out soon. Well, don't you know? It's your clothing line. <laughs> what colours do they come? Oh, well, I don't know. Black. What do you mean you don't know, man? It's your company. It's your clothing line. You're meant to be making money from this stuff. It's almost like you said, how, how is he getting any money? <laughs> Does he not? <laughs> I run a I run a, a, a supplement company. We sold clothing. I know how much the design for the print cost. I know how much it cost me to buy. I know what the markup was. I know that we gave away a certain amount of these things at competitions. What they cost me to produce for competitions. That was my thing. And as the one in the company, Caleb's like, oh, I think these might be dropping some. Is it next week? Maybe next week or the week after. Caleb is short company guy. Think I'm gonna have a cup of coffee, liven up, and re-record that video. So you come across like, hey, listen, this shirt's coming out, it's the latest design, it's gonna cost you $20, 10% with the Caleb 10% code off, whatever. And uh, hit me up, guys. Let's let's get this done. Let's sell a thousand of these t-shirts so I can go to Miami. Let's I can see you all guys at the next Olympic. Let's act like a professional. Maybe the spiel is that people are kind of like liking because he's not over the top and professional or whatever else. Maybe it's because he's so relaxed. That's that's the reason why they like him and he gets this thing. And who knows? Maybe that's what that's what. Maybe it's maybe his fans are all the stoners. They're all chilled and relaxed, and that you know he's not he's not too high pressure. Maybe that's his his, his kind of a way of doing business and whatever else. So maybe that's so that's what appeals. To. We've all got favourites in bodybuilding. We've all got favourites in sports and. Certain things appeal to certain people. It's for me the physique is appealing, the rest of the stick is not. I, I don't like it. But you know, mate, if you've got 3.2 million followers, so what so what do I know? 3.2 million people like him, and I don't. <laughs> I don't think he's gonna miss my uh my uh, support. Yeah, back to you. Yeah, so his what's interesting is a few years ago he had a, pro, a product line called Staunch. And if you try to look into it, I haven't been able to even find it. It's all it's all turned to uh, koala free clothing now. Mm. So again, like I'm I'm curious uh, if you guys want to comment in the section, um, what is you know this talk about what he's up to now? Maybe he's in between supplement lines or something. But that is very bizarre for a guy with this many million views to not have a supplement line that he's repping yeah. at this time. I think that's bizarre. Maybe he left and is going to a different one i have no idea but at the end of the day all these supplement lines is the same thing it's stimulants pre-workouts whey protein yeah. bcaa's creatines all the same shit 
it's all this legal stuff. They're cheap supplements. They make big markups on them. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's all these guys have that. So he'll find another, uh, you know, company to market for, maybe he's just like, doesn't care at this time. Another interesting thing is he has a house in Los Angeles. So that mm. kind of helps him really travel and he likes to travel a lot uh, there's pictures of him in hawaii there's pictures of him in california uh he likes to travel all around the world so um and you know that's that's a, that's good for a guy his age to travel that much it's a good way to kind of broaden your horizons he's only 30 years old so if you yeah. go back what uh when he was 20 that was when he kind of got on the scene was when he got first place in the junior mr universe which at 20 years old is quite a you know, it's, it's a good thing when you're 20 years old to get junior Mr. universe. It means that you have really good genetics and you are blessed in bodybuilding. He also won in the NABBA junior international championship. So, you know, he's, you know, like I said, he's travels, he does modeling, he speaks, he does speaking events. Mm. Um, he markets certain products here and there. I think maybe he just markets different products. He doesn't really stick to just one. So that's an interesting strategy. So if a lot of you guys out there who want to become fitness reps and stuff like that, instead of just committing to just one company, having different yeah. ones and don't, not, not making promises to these people. Cause a lot of these people, they'll be like, no, you just, you can only, you sign this contract with me for a year. You can only work for me. You can only work for me. And that's not always the best thing to do. So I'll bring no, you in officer on that one. Yeah. I'm just thinking of one, this is a more of a piece of advice for, for people listening in terms of if you're ever in a position where you get a chance to do something like this with social media, wherever else. So, okay, back in the day when I owned my supplement company, like every other supplement company out there, we would have people uh, approach us and ask for sponsorship, ask for support. Uh, and this is pre-social media, the growth ex and explosion it's had. And I mean, we used to get stuff like, oh, you know, I've, I've won this competition. Let's say it was a powerlifting competition. And if I wear your T-shirt to the gym, what will you give me? And I would reply very kindly uh, and more politely, perhaps I'm doing in this podcast, nothing. Because a guy wearing a T-shirt to the gym is not going to do anything for my business whatsoever. He'd be lucky to have one person come up and ask him about the shirt. He's not pushing the products. He knows nothing about the products. His products are not in the gym. So how the hell am I going to benefit from that? This is quite simple, guys. If you are ever in this situation, whether it's producing your own products via a, a generic a, a, a line, via a contract manufacturer, or you end up working for an actual supplement or a clothing company or any other kind of equipment company out there, you need to work. I'm not mucking around, guys. It's, 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 you can't, people are not just going to give you free money. That's not how it works. You are... You, you are, unless you're mega famous, you're going to be working your way up to some kind of known personality type in social media, in the magazines, as a supplement influencer, whatever you want to call it. You need to work. And what I mean by work is you need to make sure that you mention a product. You need to know a little bit about the product. It's no good you just scooping powder into your mouth, swilling it down. We'll go, mm, it's my favorite. What, what, what color is it? What's the name of the product? Show it to the camera. Do something. Think about how advertisers ever work. Now, it doesn't have to be over the top. It doesn't have to be too much on your face. That's just, that's just annoying. But be professional. Now, whether it's a clothing line, oh, this is the latest top. I love the uh, the way that they've done the buttons. They're amazing. The quality is great. The cut's amazing. It makes my physique look fantastic. Earn your money, people. These The, the company could easily be dropping you two to $3,000 in clothing 
three to four thousand dollars in supplements. Make like you're a professional. Now, you, if you do this right, you're going to get invited to the expos where they're going to pay you hundreds of dollars a day to stand in front of the fans. It's no good you disin fans. You've got to spend eight hours on your feet working. Think about what professional athletes do. It's not just here's a contract, here's money. Make sure you're competing in Mr. Olympia job done and we're going to send you a check every month. It really isn't. You actually have to work. The same thing applies to building up your social media. The same thing applies to putting stuff out there. It helps, for example, and Steve Spee and I agree on this, if you put a little bit of thought process into your supplements. Certain things are generic, it's kind of standard. But if you've got a pre-workout, make sure it's something that you formulated, that you put, oh, this is stuff that I've added these ingredients because I think this ingredient's amazing. Work, actually do a proper professional job. Steve Spee and I are moderators. We're doing these podcasts because we have a working knowledge based on 20, 30, 40 years experience. And we know, because we've worked with supplement guys, we know because we've taken a, a great many products over the years, we've even done, as Steve said, we've made the mistakes in the past. This is the reason why we're in this situation. So you should be the same. If you want to build up your social media, be professional, act professional, know, to be crude, know your shit. Now, the rest of it is down to your personality. And I think that's probably where Caleb's getting his stuff in terms of his personality. What's really cool, and I'll, I'll give him a bit of a thumbs up here, some of the better videos and some of the more interesting stuff is when he's actually met Arnold. There's a genuine thing with Arnold and him back and forth. There's a genuine thing in terms of him enjoying it. This is a thing where his body, his muscular, his aesthetic has allowed him to be in a position that he gets to have a small workout with Arnold, that they're goofing around on camera. That Arnold comes over and plays up the fact that, you know, Caleb looks like him and all this kind of stuff. And there's a relaxed finger. And how cool is that? I mean, Eddie Hall, world's strongest man, said that one of his greatest things of becoming world's strongest man was eventually going into business with Arnold Schwarzenegger, having a going to a went to one of those uh, evening with meets Arnold afterwards off camera. They agree a contract so that Eddie puts on an Arnold in this country, which of course was being delayed because of COVID again. But he said that would be his thing, that, that being becoming world's strongest man, the, the opportunity not just to sit down and have a one-to-one -one with Arnold, but actually going into business with him was a dream come true. That, that's the stuff that we're talking about here. And I think this comes across in a couple of the videos that Caleb's done, not just pretending to be Arnold in, in, a, in, in the Weeder movie, but meeting Arnold, doing stuff at Gold's Gym, goofing around on camera, having fun, and meeting your heroes. That's always great fun. And that genuinely comes across in a really, really nice way. And, and, and perhaps maybe that's that's just that's a spiel, that's a stick as well, that you get to meet your heroes because of how you look. So that's great, great fun. I'm sure Steve's got some experience the same as what I have, where I've been, people know who I am in the strength community because of what I've managed to do. You know, not rich or whatever because of it, but you've met people that you admire for their strength or their power, their whatever, and they know who the hell you are because you've managed to achieve a certain level. And, and that recognition it, it is great as well. And I think that's what we get from Caleb. Looking at Arnold has done him a huge amount of favours um, and meeting Arnold even, even more so. I was just going to get into the whole, which we, we, it, you mentioned in, in your article there, Steve, the, the fact that essentially this guy pretty much stays lean all year round. So I want to get into the nutrition and the training a little bit, if you don't mind. Yeah, let's hit it. 
go ahead first, and I'll finish up with that. And then we're going to talk about his steroids, guys. Uh, okay. We're going to get into a steroid cycle for sure. It's going to be fun. So one of the things that Steve talks about in his article, which, as I say, we'll link to, is Caleb quite freely admits that his ability to stay lean, his metabolism is quite high. We, we do with questions on the forums all the time in regards to you know, losing fat, gaining weight, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And what sometimes is very frustrating for fellas, but Caleb's quite open about it, so you know, he's, he's, he's telling you the truth. People can't get their brain around how genetically blessed the top 1% really are. And, and Caleb is, is, in that, is in that percentage. He might not be a Mr. Olympia type physique, but he's definitely in the 1% of the 1%. And he freely admits staying lean is no great issue for him whatsoever. Now, he, he, he eats quite well. He eats healthily. There are video clips of him in restaurants goofing around with, with the girls, the girls, serve, girls serving the food and whatever, doing a whole sort of back and forth for the camera and having a bit of fun with it. But you can see what he's eating is 99% healthy. But in terms of his, his genetics, he's blessed. His ability to stay lean year-round, being muscular year-round, it's not difficult. In fact, if anything, even in spite of the fact he's 255, it's my, one of his most recent videos because of the whole uh, COVID virus thing is that he's had to stay out of the gym post-injury as well, which happened just before uh, uh, the COVID situation and, and lost 20 or 30 pounds. So he jokes about having 12-inch arms. I think that's obviously exaggerated for the camera, but he's certainly downsized. He's probably around 22, 30 minutes. He's down about 20 pounds from his normal walking around body weight, 250, 255. But he still looks in pretty good shape for a guy that weighs 22230. Uh, and this is this is genetics. Holding on to 22230 when you're 6'2 and still looking good with that shape is genetics. Losing the 20 pounds is being out of the gym with the injury and everything else that's been going on. So you have to understand here's a guy, he's not a guy that struggled to look the way that he has. It's not a guy that's had to work really, really hard to add a pound or a pound there. And of course, there's also something else which people forget. And, and this is if you build 20, 30, 40 pounds of muscle and it takes you 10 years, it's real difficult for your body to lose that. You don't lose it in a month, two months or whatever else. You know, if you weigh 230 pounds and you started at 200, 200 pounds, you're not going to drop 30 pounds. You're going to drop 10 pounds maybe. And that 10 back pounds will come back real, real quick. And so it's a quick bit of advice for you guys. Again, we talked about this many times on the forums. Whether you've been out of the gym for a while with an injury or you've been out of the gym because the gym's been shut and whatever else, take it easy, get back into the gym, and you'll get back 80, 90% of what you lost real quick in the first few weeks. And, and Caleb's going to be a very good example. It's, I guarantee you that we'll be seeing more videos being dropped by him and stuff on his Instagram coming back, and it'll be 250, 255 real, real quick. That's muscle memory being a thing that it is. It's recovering sensibly from the injury, which we talk about on the forums all the time. And of course, in Caleb's case, it's a, a good example of his genetics. Now, he does eat clean. He does train sensibly. It's kind of boring a little bit for me again. I'm not seeing anything dramatic or different here. Uh, but you have to understand he does have those 1% genetics. And, and that's just a fact. It, I've, I've mentioned it on podcast before, Steve. 16 weeks out of the gym, I lost 10 pounds. Four weeks back in the gym, I got eight of those 10 pounds back. It is what it is. Uh, if you've been doing this for a long time, and I think Caleb's actually, as I say, I believe he's 15, 16 when he started. So even now he'd have been training 14, 15 years, Steve. It's not going to disappear overnight. And of course, but he's got real, I mean, if he looks like Arnold, it's because he's got Arnold-like genetics. So yeah, there is that. 
So, so let's get into the steroid thing then. So uh, Caleb talks about his steroid uses in, in, in his in the interview. I don't see any reason why like he's lying here. He says he started training at 14. Mm-hmm. He didn't know anything about steroids. And he trained for six years before he's decided to take them. So he admits that he used, started using them at 20 years old, which is really, yeah. really young. Which but, we're not good. Yeah. We don't recommend using them at 20. But he was competing. And basically, he had a chance to use them at a younger age because he would train with his brother and, you know, their friends. And one guy ended up really getting stronger and bigger really, really quick. And he asked him, you know, what the heck are you doing? Like, how did you blow up like this? And the guy told him, yeah, I'm taking steroids. You want to try it? And he said, no, I don't want to mess with them. I, you know, so... Even though he had access to them, he says that he didn't use them at 17, 18. He waited till he was 20 and started competing. So I do give him credit for admitting it because a lot of guys won't even admit that they use them. Okay. So he does at least admit it. And he actually says, if you want to place in the top five, this is exact quote, you have to take steroids. So, you know, in his situation, he started using them at 20. He's 30 years old now. He's 30, 31 years old now. So he's been using them for, a decade so we can kind of speculate on what a cycle would look like for a young guy in his 20s who's going to compete and who wants to have this huge social media following and who's monetizing this yes so we could you know right off the bat testosterone and then they thousand milligrams a week you know he could be that's probably the max that he would ever run i i would think that he would run he would run less, even 100 or 200 milligrams a week only, because he wants to stay without the water retention. He doesn't want the aromatization. So that's the max that he would run. That would be something that he would do, not when he wants to take a bunch of pictures. It'd be something off because testosterone aromatizes, it goes in your body, aromatizes into estrogen. Estrogen is water retention. We don't want water retention. We want to stay lean. Uh, the next one, uh, Trenbolone. Trenbolone in the, over the past 10 years is definitely a must in bodybuilding. You have <laughs> to run Trembolone if you want to get anywhere. That's just like a requirement. So we can assume that, yeah, he ran Trembolone. 500 milligrams a week, maybe more than that, maybe a little less. But Trembolone is a must because Trembolone is the most powerful steroid you could possibly run. And it just makes your entire stack even stronger it's just it's just complete completely necessary if you want to compete at really any level the next one prima bowl and 800 milligrams a week this one is interesting because a lot of people who are listening to this you might be like come on there's no way he's running prima bowl because guys these days they don't want to mess with prima bowl it's too expensive it's hard to find legitimate prima bowl and and you can get way better results by taking trends. So why would someone run Prima Bowl? I think because, you know, the whole Arnold connection. I think that this yeah. is why yes, yes, yes. this was included. Because Arnold mm-hmm. loved Primo back in the 70s. So maybe came, I want to run what Arnold ran. So let me throw in a bunch of Primo. And we, we know that, that Arnold was running around this, this number, 700, 800 milligrams per group of Primo. So that's a possibility. Not saying we're not saying this is happening, but this that's a possibility. Now the now the next two orals, 
hundred percent. Anovar and Winstrol, neither one of them aromatize into estrogen. So you're not going to get any water retention on them, but a hundred percent, these guys who are into the aesthetic look mobster, you know, yeah. for sure. The guys that we know who compete in the aesthetic level, they love Anovar and they love Winstrol because Anovar will harden you up, make you more vascular, won't give you the water retention. Winstrol, same thing. Winstrol, you dry you out like crazy. So there's no doubt when he wants to look good in his pictures, he's messing around with the Winstrol. That Winstrol will dry you out a lot. And then you could even swap in Master on if you didn't want to run Anovar with it. So, yeah. So what do you? What else do you think he was messing with, um, Officer? What do you think about his cycle? I'm a, I'm going to agree with all these things right right from the beginning of very quickly. So if you're going to compete, maybe you got an excuse to use gear early. And so I'll give him a, a, a very small thumbs up for being open and, and admitting it, and potentially because he's competed and being on stage, wanting the edge on stage. So under 25, that's the one and only time that I might say that's okay. Otherwise, you know, leave it as long as possible, guys, and post 25 at least when you're completely fully physically developed. I agree with the primo there, Steve. I think that's if he just to see if his body responded the same way that Arnold's body responded. And if you can run the amount of gear that Arnold was running back in the day and look like Arnold, well, then why the hell not? So, yeah, 100%. I think what we need to look at, and I'll get into the last few drugs as well, is he needs to look because he, although he has competed, he's not really a competitive bodybuilder as such. And it's, I'm not entirely sure whether we'll ever see uh, Caleb on stage again. Maybe. Uh, because it wouldn't be a, a huge stretch for him to add 15 or 20 pounds and get to that kind of comp competitive, especially in, in, in a classic physique kind of class. If you could pull a vacuum, that would be great. But the main thing right now is looking good. And that doesn't necessarily mean weighing 300 pounds. It means at six foot two and 255 being dry, as Steve said. So when you talk about the Anivar, 100% for staying hard, the wind stroke, much the same. And, and the, the last three drugs specifically is not running these as an excessive amount, Steve. These, I mean, the GW especially, the last drug, is about that condition. That's about the cardio. It's about uh, helping you get off that little bit of body fat, et cetera, et cetera. So I can imagine, even with his genetics, a little bit of help here and a kind of almost sensible levels. The GW has been in one at the very same dosage that we'd recommend for everybody else. There are guys out there that think you have to double up and triple up. That's just stupid. If the drug's been proved again and again and again and again to be effective at a certain amount, and it's going to work for 99.9% .9 of the guys, unless you're some absolute freak, you don't need to run it at a different amount. So when we talk about 20 milligrams here, as, as a way of helping his cardiovascular, as a way of helping him uh, keep the fat off, it works for nearly everybody you can think of. It's going to work for him too. The four I use per day eventually, I can see him not necessarily doing this all year round. He strikes me as a guy who <laughs> wouldn't necessarily do the same things all year round just for being lazy and not doing, you know, one of the videos has got him sort of, oh, I won't do faster cardio today, I need something to eat. But faster cardio was on the plan. So I can't see necessarily this is a guy that's going to be doing this year round purely simply because it maybe it's just too much for him to think about doing it all year round. But the four I use a day seems to be a perfectly reasonable dose when he does use it, when he needs to get in shape. And there's going to be times through the year when he's doing photo shoots. There's going to be times through the year when he needs to look a certain way, whether he's, a, uh, as we mentioned earlier on, uh, expos and so on and so forth, needing to look in condition, needing to look aesthetic, needing to uh, extra edge. And the six I use per day of human growth hormone as, as a 
quote unquote fat burner in conjunction with the steroids. And again, as a tissue repairer, and specifically, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, because of injuries that he's had, doing the stupid stuff that he's done for the videos for the likes, uh, certainly great uh, injury um, aid to recovery. And again, in conjunction with steroids, <clears throat> helping him stay lean, helping him keep in shape. Now, again, these numbers are kind of almost sensible. The, the HGH may be a little bit higher than I prefer. Insulin seems to be there or thereabouts if you do well on it. Not everybody does. And, and a cardarine, again, is exactly the same dose that we would recommend for everybody else. So it doesn't have to be one of crazy stuff. Steve said earlier on, uh, when he was talking about the first few stories, I'm going to agree. This is not necessarily, these are stories we can see him using through the year, but not all the time, not year round, not with his genetics. Uh, right now, I'd actually see probably running some of the heavier stuff just to get the muscle tissue back on and just to bring himself back from the injuries that he's had. Be no great rush to stick 20 pounds on if he's still trying to recover from an injury, but equally, when you've been out of the gym, you are fully recovered. He's going to want to get back into condition as quick as he can uh, because that's how he makes a living. And that's, again, that element, which I've touched on earlier in the podcast, of being a professional and doing this stuff. If your salary, if your daily income, if your bills, if that house in um, Venice needs to be paid for, you're not going to be paying for it if you're not earning a buck. And this guy needs to make the just, just to do the stuff, just to travel, as Steve's already said. So look, looking good. Being in shape, even with blessed genetics, is we could require him to 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 get out there and do the work. And these these uh, steroids and the, and the other drugs that we've mentioned are all going to help keep him in the kind of condition that we've seen. And he has that condition. He has that condition when he says he's twenty pounds down. He looks damn good for a guy that's not got the twenty inch arms that he had before, sixteen, seventeen. That's what they look like on camera. Still look pretty good. The blessed genetics are a great aid. And these drugs are going to help him get that muscle tissue back and look good. And I said, if he was doing a cycle as we've written it out here, this is actually part of a 16-week, suggested 16-week blast that we, we kind of theorised that we would think he would be doing. Yeah, I could see him doing something like this right now, Steve, to get those 20 or 30 pounds back that he's lost and to get in condition and to look good because uh, this is how the man has to do what he has to do. You and I, you and I our living, our salaries... How we make a buck every single day is not necessarily based on how we look. We do this stuff because we love it. But when you get to the point where this has become a career, how you look is above and beyond just feeling good and doing it because you like to go to the gym. So it's really important, guys. And it touches on something I mentioned a few minutes ago, which is about being a professional. Now, how he comes across on camera might be a certain thing, but how he physically looks on camera is way more important, way more important. So he needs to look the way that he normally does and these drugs that steve suggested i can't even see I, I can't argue with any of these numbers uh 80 milligrams of the anavar is a bit higher than i would run it uh this the six i use of hgh yes but maybe for short periods of time i much prefer that to be around no, no more than four and my preference is for five i use every other day from uh, which i've mentioned many times before because of the potential side effects Again, with his genetics, he might get away with it. The insulin seems almost reasonable, and the cardarine is exactly spot on. The other drugs are not really excessive. The trend's not excessive, at five, even at 500 milligrams. Uh, and I think it's, it's the drug of gods. This is a description that a great many of our uh, uh, forum buddies would uh, tell us. Eight, maybe the 800 milligrams of Primo. That's certainly higher, I believe, than Arnold Mayotte run it back in the day. We hear different numbers, and it gets argued about all the time. 
uh, the wind straw's not excessive, really. I think you could only argue with the wind straw how he would take it, Steve, whether, it was, whether it's liquid in the mouth, whether it's injectable, whether it's oral. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, otherwise, I agree. Uh, well, what's, your overall, what's your overall thoughts for uh, Caleb? I mean, if, you know, if, is he going to be one of your favourites? Is he going to be down the list? Is it good, bad? What do you think? Well, the interesting thing is he moved to Los Angeles. Now, why would you do that? What's in Los Angeles? Hollywood. He wants to get more. He's on a couple movies the past couple years. Um, he is, is, you know, I think maybe he might transition into doing some action movies and stuff like that, just like Arnold. So we can definitely kind of put him as a wannabe Arnold. And we'll see if he starts getting into movies and starts playing roles. It's so competitive in Hollywood. It's so competitive. You have to know people. You have to be talented. You have to have like a lot of chicks who are into you. Like you see these actors who get these roles in these movies and these action movies, women love them. Young guys love them. The, the two biggest demographics that go see movies, Mobster, in the United States and in Britain and anywhere else in the world are young men and young yes. women. Those are the two demographics. So you have to bring those people. So it's a question of how willing is he to work? Making movies is a lot of work. It's a lot of crashing. It's a lot, oh, yeah. of, it, it's a lot more work than people think. Not, it's not like you're filming porn here or you're not filming some crappy Adam Sandler movie that took an afternoon to write because that's literally those movies literally take an afternoon to write. If you want to act in like a good quality movie, you know, these are good quality movies. They're not going to hire you to be in the movie as a main actor unless you can prove that you can show up on time, that you can be punctual, that you can work hard, that you'll be reliable and all that stuff. That is one of the things Arnold was good at. He was good yes. at that. So if he wants to make it in that, he can do it. So my thoughts are maybe we'll see him in a few years in the action movies. He's still young enough to get there as a young male. So usually, you know, these guys, you know, they got to get, they got to get into something. They got to get a break. Once they get a break, they're in. And I can guarantee you, he's going to be running these steroids. He's going to be running HGAs. He's going to do whatever it takes to look a certain way to mm. make him look good in that movie. Because if he can look good in that movie, like the rock yeah. or like Vin Diesel or like yeah. Mark Wahlberg, any of these guys look good, look as good as you can look. He's going to get more movie roles. So here's the thing, right? And you just mentioned one of the names that I was going to bring up. I was thinking of The Rock even as you were talking. And we're talking about uh, 200 million plus followers on Instagram. There's a guy that's guaranteed to bring an audience, no matter what the event is, whether, whether it's a movie, whether it's a TV interview or whatever else. If I've got 200 million followers, I'm almost certainly going to bring maybe 20 million viewers to an interview. Uh, uh, we know that The, the Rock got involved in certain products and pretty much everything that he seems to be touching at the minute it's turning to gold there's a suggestion that he might go into politics and he, and he's responded saying if that's what the people want that's that's what all the people's champion will do i mean but the thing with the rock and this is what i, I think people again with the social media influence i think i understand we can hate on certain people in the social media but when some of them have got 50 60 million followers there is work being done and I mean, there's proper work being done. If you do a five or 10 minute video, there's a whole day of filming and editing. You're bringing in people that are great cinematographers, uh, 
really good with a camera, really good with editing. And, and there's money being put into this stuff. So it looks like they're goofing around on camera, you know, but $10,000 has been spent, but they're earning a million dollars if they do a bit of product placement. And the thing with, if I understand the idea that you might want to be like your hero. I want to be like Arnold, but I don't think people understand Arnold's use, use of it again. He did a lot, incredibly ambitious, had a plan from day one, would practice with certain film roles with the sword fighting in Conan, for example, for hours. It was very competitive, even for example, the great one was the Predator movie when he had a bunch of other guys and they included some very physical other actors. And there was a lot of competition amongst the actors. And this is in a jungle set. So, you know, who could get to the gym at five o'clock in the morning? Who could get to the gym at six o'clock in the morning? The Rock's a good example again. The Rock's put up videos of him training at 11 o'clock at night, Steve. He's done 12 hours on set. He comes back, he tries to spend a few minutes with his family, the kids, if he can, especially when there's a day off for the filming. And he's training in, in, in this big tent out in the garden that he's got at 11 o'clock in the evening, Steve. It's not, it's not goofing around. This is full-time. Rich Piano's a good example. Rich Piano did some stuff on Planet of the Apes and talked about 16-hour days. That's how he got the money together to do certain things, including 5% nutrition. 12, 16, 18-hour days on set. People think this stuff is easy. The dream is the easy part. The work to make the dream happen is hard. So I, I agree again. I think he's gone out there thinking, I would love to be like Arnold, love to be in a movie, but you, you're not in a position, unlike Arnold, when you're asking for a percentage of the gross. Most guys are lucky if they get a walk-on part or they're an extra, or in the case of Rich Piano, they're dressed up like a gorilla and getting paid several hundreds of dollars a day or a thousand dollars a day and the gold, once the golden hour comes in and all that kind of stuff for the filming. When, you, when you're Arnold, you say, I can bring in 3 million fans from Europe to watch your movie. I guarantee that you're going to make this amount of money. You're going to make $6, $12 million just on my fans. And then if the movie's a success, or even better, you say, I'll tell you what, I'm not going to ask for a lot of money up front. It's fine, as back to Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm going to ask for a very small amount of money up front. But what I want here is 5% of the gross. And you go, all right, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger, it's just some bodybuilder. And then the movie gets $30 million in the opening weekend. Oh, my God, I've got to give Arnold 5%. <laughs> now I kind of feel like I'm being screwed. But then I can put that money into another Arnold movie and make the money back again. Now I understand that Arnold's ambitious and he's only taken $100,000 or $200,000. You have to have that kind of pull. And Callum, bless him, looks like Arnold. But I don't think he's quite got the, 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 the wherewithal that Arnold had. And this is the thing. We could talk about Arnold as the greatest bodybuilder of all time, not necessarily for physique, but for having, to put it crudely, his shit together. And The Rock has his shit together. Vin Diesel is producing most of the movies that he does right now. He's not just acting. This is a former doorman that produces the movies. He's taken a percentage of the profit from those movies. And we can argue about Fast and Furious kind of being shit storylines. Well, I've watched every single one, Steve. As they're getting more and more crazy, but they're getting bigger and bigger box offices. And Vin Diesel is taking a percentage of that action for every single time you go to the box office and buy a ticket to watch his movies, getting a percentage of that action. So trust me on this. It, it, from, from, from Dorman, to, to movie producer, from wrestler to movie producer, from bodybuilder 
to, to politician. These are ambitious, hardworking guys. It's not just a social media dream. You need to be on 24-7. You need to be doing three to four hours work every day before you even start filming. You need to be doing two hours work every day before you take a picture. And it needs to be thought of properly and professionally. Caleb's a good example, very good example with 3.2 million followers and the aesthetic physique that he's got of a great social media personality. But it's a whole nother level again if you want to get to the Arnold or the Rock or the Vin Diesel kind of levels. And Vin Diesel's kind of almost a normal physique in that particular group. Hell, Jason Straten. So yeah, we could we could put some names out there, but I think people don't understand. It's of a level above that in terms of your ambition and the work that's required to get to that kind of stuff. When, as I say, the, the rock is 212 million, or was it 226 million the last time you went had a conversation and dropped him into it? That, that, that's, that's a population of some countries, Steve. That's two thirds of the population, nearly, nearly three quarters of the population in the United States of America, following you on Instagram, just as, just as a number. Good grief. You, and and he's, he's, like I said, that man's working 24-7. Now, what's the phrase that they use in, 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 the, in the movies? The hardest working man in the room is definitely The Rock right now. It's not Caleb Messer. So <laughs> he needs to up his game. If he ups his game, if he gets his head on, if he becomes tip-top professional, maybe we'll see Caleb go up and have a few notches. That'd be good to see if he goes that way. Um, but right now, he's a few steps down the pecking order in terms of his ambition. And even then, 3.2 million followers is a hell of a number. I would love to have those kind of numbers on my Instagram. Trust me, I think me and you'll be having a whole different kind of conversation and be working. I'd have to bring you on board, Steve, to have to handle the business. Back to you. Yeah, man, for sure. But some people, you know, um, some people just don't want to be, uh, you know, have that i have that exposure i will say that things are changed because uh nowadays i don't think there's an appetite for these types of action movies you know that there was back in the 80s so that if he wants to follow arnold Schwar- um, arnold schwarzenegger's footsteps he's gonna have to do some movies that are not so action based he's gonna have to mm. really get better at it you know so all right guys that sums it up this was uh, a great episode we're going to have more coming your way. This was number 140. Next episode, guys, we're going to be um, uh, we're going to be covering Big Rami again. We already did Big Rami um, earlier episode, but this one we're going to talk more about his steroid usage and some recent information about him. So that's going to be a fun one, guys. So we'll do that one next week. Thanks for listening. Talk to you guys next week. Take care. See you soon.